I'm back! Welcome to the St. Canard Files, the Darkwing Duck Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and we have a special episode. Okay, okay, I- I'm not going to do that the entire time. That's not going to happen. Um, that would be real punishment for our listeners. But I am back. It's been a it's been a while. Obviously, some housekeeping quick. You know, me and Will wanted to take breaks. Um, initially, I thought we were going to take one long one together. But I think it made more sense that we will take a break. I take a break. So Will and Stan did a few uh, comic episodes. Now Will's taking his break. Um, so I'm going to do a few. And then eventually, me and Will will be back. So I'm here for part one of a, basically a three-part series of the Fluffy Trilogy. And um, obviously, I think you guys should have predicted this by now, uh, my co-host tonight is Stan Alon. Welcome back again, Stan. Thank you. Yep, you guys are stuck with me for a little longer. You are the comic guy. It's just the easiest way to do this. You have all the comics. I think you had everything even before Will was collecting the comics, right? Well, not everything. Thing. There's plenty of Disney adventures I don't have, but I've I'm fairly resourceful in tracking down the things I don't have to read. Do you have all the Darkwing stuff stuff though? No, actually I don't. Oh, there is a few stories you don't have. Yeah. Oh, I mean you have plenty more than I do. I you have a lot more than me. I found some of my old Disney adventures and Colossal Comics in storage last week, and I I was able to save some of that stuff. Um, I saw that. So it's nice to have that those again, um, including a comic scene. Uh, it's a magazine from the 90s issue that came out when Darkwing Duck first premiered all about it. So that was cool to get a hold of, too. Uh, so it's nice to get some of the stuff back from my childhood. It's always cool to find things in storage you forgot you had. Um, but like I said, today we're talking about uh, the first part of the uh, quote unquote fluffy trilogy that ran on um, Disney Adventures. Right, Stan? Yep. All three parts were from Disney Adventures. Nothing on Marvel, right? Nothing on Marvel, no. Okay, but before we get started with that, since it's been a while since I've talked to you, Stan, um, how was Ghostbusters Afterlife? It was incredible. It's, I think it's my favorite of the three Ghostbusters uh, main films at this point. Mm, okay, well, without spoiling anything, um, what'd you like about it? I love the story. I love the jokes. I love, you know, the heart that it had, the effects. You know, it it was just about the perfect movie. The only thing awesome. I'd have added into it is more Ghostbusters 2 references. They didn't they did, didn't have many of those, did they? Not many, no. Uh, well, I, I kind of understand it. Oh, because you told me you like the second one more than the first one, don't you? Yep. Okay. Um, I don't remember the second one being all that popular. I think I've only seen it once, so I'm not really one to talk. Um, but I do like the original. For someone who likes the original just fine, but isn't big on modern Hollywood films, would you recommend it? I would highly recommend it. All right, so I'm going to have to check that out at some point. Um, it looks good. Um, Make sure you stay through the credits for the two after credit scenes. Well, that's pretty par for the course with Hollywood films these days. you got to stay through the credits. It um, is par for the course, but I can't tell you how many times I go to a movie and see half the theater just get up and leave when the credits start. They don't know. They're missing out. Um, would you say it's good for kids? Yeah, I'd say it's good for kids. 
All right. My daughter hasn't seen the first one yet. I feel like 80s level films are a bit touchy, you know, with kids. I don't know what my daughter's ready for with that kind of stuff. Uh, But I want to give this one a chance. At some point, I'll watch it. Uh, I might not go to a theater for it, but I'll definitely check it out when it's streaming somewhere. Uh, Is it? Is it streaming yet? No, just theaters, right? Just theaters at the moment, yeah. I'm I'm glad theaters are coming back and movies are just in theaters now. It was was nice to have things streaming same day as while it lasted, but nice to see things are kind of getting back to normal, huh? Yeah. So um, before we get into the uh, the, the story, uh, we have a couple of news things to talk about. We got a new Darkwing product that just was revealed this past week. Um, Not something I'm going to buy, not something I think you told me you're going to buy, but what is it? It's a mini backpack from uh, Loungefly. I do have to say this thing really looks cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's it's Darkwing's face. It's Darkwing's outfit. It's. His buttons are like little actual buttons on the uh, the backpack. It looks cool. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a uh, thunder quack hanging from the zipper, if I remember Yeah, right. or a little metal thunder quack. You're absolutely right with that one, which is cool, too. A um, couple of drawbacks, though. How much does this thing cost? I've heard $85. Uh, that's about right for Lounge Fly, though. Their stuff isn't cheap. Yeah, but even at eighty five, if it was a full size backpack, yeah. it might it might have really taken off more with us. But it's a mini backpack. Yeah, so it, the price is already kind of up there, and it's not something even the size. If it was like a full size backpack, I I'd like maybe consider it. But I think mini backpack that kind of price is a bit much. I mean, I guess it's cool to buy it to have if you want like all the Darkwing merchandise. But it's just not practical for me, you know? Yeah. I'd rather put that money towards something I can either display or use. It's cool, though. I'm sure people are going to buy it. It's it's a neat product. It's nice that Darkwing stuff just keeps coming out. Like it, it's yeah. nice. He's, he's having a good year, I'd say. For his 30th, he's gotten a bunch of good stuff. Um, we're still waiting on the Q figures, though. What the heck? Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed they haven't come out yet. I mean, I know there's a shipping delay, like, all over the country. Like, things are just, it's bad. But, you know, should I feel bad about being impatient? Maybe a little bit. But, well, you know, it is what it is. Um, Unfortunately, we lost a voice actor just a few days ago. Um, At least when we're recording this. This is dropping, like, a week from this record. But uh, we lost Will Ryan. Uh, at 72. So, you know, he lived a pretty long life, but um, he had, I think it was stomach cancer, correct? I, I think so. Um, you, could you happen to name some of the voices he did? Like, even if we could just narrow it down for Disney? Unfortunately, I'm not very familiar with his work. He didn't do anything Darkwing related. Yeah, he wasn't on Darkwing. Um, among the things he did do, um, he was um, Willie the Giant on Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, he was Pete on DuckTales, all those versions of Pete. Um, he was Tigger and Rabbit on Welcome to Pooh Corner. Uh, that was that show in the 80s on Disney Channel where the characters were wearing creepy costumes. Um, he was also Goofy and and Scrooge on Sport Goofy and Soccer Mania. Have you seen that? 
No, but I've heard things about it. You should check it out. Uh, it's just it's it's interesting how it came out the same year as Ducktales, but it wasn't like meant to be a pilot for it. It was its own thing entirely. It's worth yeah. checking out. It's really cool. Um, some of the designs like similar. Yeah, Scrooge is about the same. The nephews are voiced by Rusty Taylor. The Beagle Boys are in it. It's not exactly like the '87 Ducktales, but it has some similarities. Um, he was also the some of the um, the ogres on Gummy Bears as well. And he worked with Katie Lee on the Adventures in Odyssey show. Uh, so I know she was pretty upset when he passed away as well. Uh, but, you know, rest in peace to Will Ryan, a voice acting legend. It, it always hurts to lose one. I mean, the numbers are getting smaller. It's really a shame. Yeah. But, you know, it's the rest of so rest in peace. Will Ryan, you gave us some cool characters. And when I watch Mickey's Christmas Carol in a few weeks, I will think of you whenever I see uh, Willie play the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> Have you you've seen Mickey's Christmas Carol, right? I'm pretty sure I've seen it once. Uh, it's it's on Disney Plus, so you can easily see it again if you want to see it. It's it's really good. It's um he's good as the, he's good as the giant. It was the first um Alan Young as Scrooge, at least on film. So that's you know the last time Clarence Nash was Donald Duck too. So All let's right. get to so let's get to this comic. Uh, it's called the Kitty Cat Caper. And it was published in Disney Adventures, I believe, the July 1992 issue. Yep. And who was the writer on this one? The writer was Doug Gray. And who uh, who who uh, drew it? Uh, David Schwartz. So these guys have um, teamed up before on a Darkwing comic. Uh, one we haven't talked about. Um, Turnabout is foul play. I think that was one of the earliest Darkwing comics. I um, believe, so, wasn't that the first Darkwing comic? It was either that or Let's Get Fiscal, right? One of those two, yeah. They both have steel beaks, so they kind of blur together in my mind. Um, so Doug Gray, he he wrote for some various Disney comics throughout the 90s, and uh, David Schwartz did art for many of them, too. Uh, Schwartz actually was a storyboard artist, Um Starting in the late 80s, and he's still active today. A lot of Disney stuff, as a matter of fact. Uh, many episodes of Darkwing. Yeah, um, as including well as, some of the all-time greats. Like which ones? Like uh, Just Us Justice Ducks, Haunting a Mr. Banana Brain, uh, Going Nowhere Fast. Those are a few that I can think of right off the top. I've looked at a lot of Darkwing scripts over the years, but I would love to see more storyboards. The only one I ever saw complete was Beauty and the Beat. Jim Peterson showed it to me. I would love to see more Darkwing storyboards just to see how they match up to the show. And I'd love to see the ones he did. Um, as far as writing this comic, I think Doug Gray is fine. His writing is okay. Uh, yeah. Darkwing sounds like himself. Launchpad does too. There's a couple of moments where a few of the characters say things that Kind of weird, but it's not all that bad. Um, Schwartz's art style is different for Darkwing Duck. Um, very different. I know as a kid, it was um, bothered me a bit. I've grown, to, I've grown to like it, but it has its odd quirks. What do you think of the uh, the art in this story? It's a little odd. It it works for the most part, but there are 
couple uh, times where you're like, okay, why'd they go that direction? Yeah, characters are a bit overdrawn. I'd say baggy clothes. Uh, oddly, all the characters in many, many panels have irises in their eyes. Yeah, that's the the strangest bit. I know once in a while, like maybe in a Disney Australia episode, they'd give irises in the characters' eyes for emphasis, but they didn't have them all the time. Right. But they have them all the time in this. But the art's different. It's a it's appealing. You just kind of have it's like John Blair Moore's art in like Darkly Dawn's the Duck and Justice Duck's comics. At first, you look at it and you're like, oh, that's kind of sloppy. I'm not really into that. But the more you look at it, the more it really grows on you. Yeah. I like it. Um, I think his art in the turnabout is foul play was a little bit more consistent and a and a bit more restrained. It's a lot sillier here, but I think that works with Darkwing Duck, right? Yeah. And before we start, this comic has the distinction of being redone for the Joe Books Darkwing Duck comics. Um, it was basically retold. Most of it's the same. Uh, we're not going to go into detail now or else we'll have nothing to talk about when we actually review that comic. But, uh, yeah, the most interesting thing to me, starting off right off the bat, is the title. Kitty Cat Caper. In Disney Adventures, all three words started with K. In the Joe Books comics, only Kitty was written with a K. I'm going to leave it up to the our listeners' imagination on why they might have changed that. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. What, but I'm going to throw it to you, Stan. How does the story start? Well, first, before getting into that, I did want to mention that this the original story was reprinted once. Where? In the Darkwing Duck Returns Capes and Capers graphic novel. Oh, see, I never owned that. I, I The only one I was really aware of was the Justice Ducks one. I never knew it was in the other one. So there you go. Learn something. New. See, I'm not as well versed in comics as I am about the show. Like, I'm a savant with the show, but the comics, there's a lot I still have to learn, you know? Yeah. So, so how does the story start? So it starts in the St. Canard Research Center. Darkwing and Launchpad have responded to a call from help from Jay Gander. He's on the horns of a dilemma, which I think he said in the show before. I think so. So we actually meet a new character here. And for the life of me, I don't know why this character isn't Cerebellum. I'm gonna guess because Cerebellum probably wouldn't have been quite as reckless as this guy. I don't know. She created a raid that made people's heads explode. Eh, good point. <laughs> so who is this guy? So this guy is Dr. Metal. What is what? So what's going on? What did he create? What was his experiment? He has been experimenting on an orange cat named Fluffy. We don't find out what his experiment was just yet, do we? Not quite yet. And of course, Darkwing ends up leaving before he can explain. But an interesting thing about Fluffy, he wasn't always meant to be orange. Really? The writer meant for uh, Fluffy to be a black and white cat because he felt, and probably rightly so, that there were too many orange cats in comics media. Garfield, Heathcliff. Yeah, I get you. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. 
I wonder why he ended up orange. Did you ever find out? Um, I believe that it was just a uh, miscoloring uh, thing. Oh, I guess in a way it looks better on the comics page. The character reads a bit better. True. So there's a ransom note that Darkwing's given. And uh, Darkwing thinks it's in code, but it's just misspelled, of course, because that's Darkwing very, for you. Very badly misspelled. Very, very, very badly, yeah. Darkwing rushes out the door, and Dr. Metal's like, gee, you think I should have explained to Darkwing what the experiments were? Uh, maybe you should have. That would have solved a lot of problems here for Darkwing. Yeah. So, um, so what happens next? Darkwing has a plan. So he leaves a satchel of money in the garbage can and disguises himself as a red-hot seller in order to keep an eye on whoever comes to take the money. Do they ever mention there's actually money in the satchel? Did I miss something? I don't think they mention that there is any in there. I'm, I'm hoping they didn't put anything in there, but it's Darkwing, so... Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, what's in the satchel? I mean, it must be money. What else could it be? <laughs> so he's a hot dog vendor. Um, yeah. A kid comes up. It's a monkey. There really aren't monkeys in Darkwing Duck, but we got monkeys here. Um, Maybe so this came from wherever Apes of Wrath was happening. I guess it isn't as bad as sleep ducking when all the characters are humans, huh? True. Yikes. Uh, so this kid shows up asking for a hot dog, and Darkwing plops it right in his hands. Burning, burning the kid, but because of the commotion, they totally missed the fact that this this cat, it must be Fluffy, snatches the um, the satchel and runs off. They don't even see it. Nope. So I, my favorite my favorite joke in this story is when the kid's father shows up, and he's like, "Is you the guy what sco uh, sco uh, scorched me kid?" And Darkwing's like. No sprickin' the English, comrade. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I love the father's line. He punches Darkwing and says, Use is a vicious and contemptible beast. <laughs> it's it's funny because this this big monk, this big gorilla guy has uh, some very uh very good language there, punching Darkwing out and throwing him into a garbage can. Yep. But it's a good thing he did uh, knock him into the garbage can because DW makes a discovery. What does he find? That the satchel is missing. Yep, it is missing. But luckily, he finds a clue in the garbage. Yep. So this is hey. this is half the story is basically Darkwing taking the wrong turn. Yep. Uh, so what what does he find? He finds a uh, note divvying up prices for sandwiches for supervillains. A lot of supervillains. Yes, so, seven of them. Yeah, so on this, basically this note, divvying up, yeah, they basically they can't do math in their head. They can't add up their tally for the sandwiches they've ordered. Um, so we have um, Quacker Jack, Liquidator, Megavolt, Bushroo, Tuscanini, Moliarty, and Steelbeak. And the funny thing is, uh, if you look really closely, Tuscanini ordered the most stuff. Yeah. Like time six, it says, I believe. Whatever he ordered, it's time six. But I guess that makes sense. It's Tuscanini. A walrus has got to eat, right? Well, not only that, but he's also used to expensive things, you know, being a film director. <laughs> Unless his penguins are in the next room and he's feeding them too. 
<laughs> Possibly. So, um, luckily, Darkwing deduces that the uh, the, the uh, villains are right next door in the hotel. Yep. And uh, Darkwing kicks the door down. He does get an entrance line. I am the superintendent who comes to repair your attitude. Um, I love that. That's that's a pretty good one. So what are all the supervillains doing? They're watching the Miss Cornfritters pageant on pay-per-view. Yeah, pay-per-view. What a relic of the 90s. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're all watching it. I will point out, not to spoil much, that some of these villains do not appear in the Joe Books version of the story. One of the one one of them specifically, sorry, Will, is Quacker Jack. He does yeah. not show up in that one. I don't believe Steelbeak does either, right? I don't think so. I think they replaced them with Jambalaya Jake. And someone else. But Jambalaya Jake is one of them that they yeah, replaced them with. Maybe the other one is Gumbo. I mean, why have Jake and no Gumbo? Unless True. I'm wrong. But we'll find that when we review that comic, won't we? Yeah. So, so Darkwing pays in. And yep, watch it. Ten, <laughs> ten, ten bucks, bucks ahead. ahead. And they sit around watching it. Um, which is, I think this is very cool and very true to the show. How Darkwing would stop what he's doing to watch something with these guys. Yeah. And, and it ends. And then the villains go after Darkwing. Yep. Um, Tuscany has a line that I just can't picture Kenneth Mars saying. He says, now we shall take care of you, you hateful little good boy. And I just can't picture the character saying that. Yeah. That's what I mean by Doug Gray's writing is a Darkwing, he gets Darkwing perfectly. The villains don't come off as well. They had to they had um, expand on this scene for the uh, the Joe Books version of it. So uh, Megavolk goes after Darkwing and Launchpad catches him but gets shocked himself. All the villains pile on Launchpad. And yep. then... Uh, uh, Liquidator gets a, gets a pretty decent scene. He gets singled out, and Darkwing throws a sponge at him. Yep. Defeats and him with a quicker picker-upper. He even says it, too. And so Darkwing takes the sponge, throws it at Tuscanini. He slips, falls on the other villains, and then Darkwing throws the wet sponge at Megavolt and shocks him. Yep. So he beats, what is it, seven villains without breaking a sweat, basically. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. Though I will point out something here that there's a line that's a little confusing if you don't know the context. What is it? Where uh, I forget which character it was, but they they tell Launchpad, well, you didn't say anything about Tuscanini's puns. Megavolt says it. Yeah, and Tuscanini hadn't made any puns. Yeah, Megavolt says, uh, don't worry, you won't know what hit you. And Launchpad says, stop, please, puns can kill. And then Megavolt says that line you mentioned, yeah, which Tuscany doesn't say anything. It doesn't make sense. Not in the, not in the Disney Adventures printed version of this, no. Do they fix it in the Capes and Capers reprint? Not there either. They the fix place... it in the Joe Books version, right? They may have fixed it there, but specifically, the writer Doug Gray has actually gone back and tinkered with these stories. He has his own uh, blog where he's got these versions, and he he puts the uh, pun back in for that. What? Do you happen to remember the pun? That I don't. 
Okay, I'll have to go check that one out. I didn't know about this. That's that's pretty cool. Good information, Stan. Thanks. Yeah, I I didn't take notes down on it's referred to as the director's cut, but I figured since we we're focusing on the printed version. Yeah, of course, because not many people are even gonna know where to find that. So we should when this episode drops, we should link to that. Yeah. So people can people can see his uh, director's cut of it for sure. Uh, so the villains are arrested and Darkwing spots Fluffy with the satchel. They go after him and Fluffy gets away in the house. Yep. And uh, what happens next, Stan? Well, they chase Fluffy into the house and he reveals himself to them. Well, at first you don't see Fluffy in the chair. He starts no. talking and Darkwing's like, it's the Invisible Man. Come all the way from England to tangle with yours truly. <laughs> uh, Darkwing, what what an ego. So Fluffy reveals himself, as well as the fact that he can talk. Yep. Uh, Fluffy has a lisp. A very heavy lisp. Do you think it's a, it's a Sylvester the Cat reference? I think so, yes. Suffering succotash. Like, it's gotta be. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he has a lisp. He's kind of hard to understand. There's a bit where Darkwing says to Launchpad, have you ever seen anything so darn cute? Um, not to spoil the Joe Books version, but when Darkwing says that, um, James Silvani draws him in Launchpad with big anime expressions. Yeah. And it's real, giant anime eyes, big anime mouths. It's really, really funny. Um... So, yeah, Fluffy gets mad that they're basically belittling him and they're not taking him seriously. And so explain he, he goes into detail about his origin. What is Fluffy's origin? So Fluffy was created in the science lab by Dr. Metal. Right. That's what Dr. Metal should have told Darkwing about. Didn't get a chance to do it. Yeah. Uh, he gave him hyper intelligence. So he, you know... As you now he's evil, of course, as all you know, hyper intelligent animals are. Um, and there's a whole bunch of cats show up and try to attack Darkwing. Who is this supposed to be his gas gun or just a water pistol? I think just a water pistol. He doesn't really use his gas gun in this, does he? No. No. And the, the cats run out of the house. They all they all scram as fast as they can. Uh, Fluffy gets left behind but doesn't notice the street sweeper coming up the road. Nope. <laughs> so he gets defeated. He gets sucked right into the street sweeper. <laughs> yep. It felt kind of bad for him, the poor cat. <laughs> yeah. So um, how's this wrap up, Stan? So Darkwing and Launchpad return Fluffy to Dr. Metal, who, and chastise him for creating an evil cat. And Dr. Metal supposes maybe he should stop the experimentation on the gorilla. Ooh, I don't even want to know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, of course, it ends with Fluffy in a cat carrier in jail. Yep. Vowing says, to escape. Yep, I shall soon be free. Or I shall soon be free. And he does come back um, in part two. What's part two called, Stan? Cat in a hot tin suit. So that will be the next episode. We are not going to rate Fluffy because this is only part one of his story. Doesn't make right. sense to rate him when we haven't 
you know, we haven't talked enough about him yet. We're we going to see how his story plays out. Yep. And he does come back into Joe Buck's comics, but that got canceled before we found out what his master plan is, unfortunately. Um, if we ever get more hashtag make Darkwing comics, um, maybe we'll see more Fluffy and more Quacker Jack and more Morgana and all the other loose ends that weren't cleared up before that comic got canceled. And more Negaduck. And more Negaduck. So again, hashtag make Darkwing comics. Let's see if we can get this going. My fingers are crossed because this, it'd be nice to get more comics from, you know, somebody else, but I'd like to get more comics from Aaron Sparrow and James Silvani because the story is not over. Yeah. So I hope that happens because I don't think Aaron Sparrow is ever going to tell you what his true plans were. He hopes he, he hopes he can continue with this too. And most of us hope he can as well. Yeah. I want to know where this goes. He has to undo everything from the, uh, the boom comics when Morgana disappeared. It's going to undo that stuff. And Quacker Jack turned himself into a doll. All that stuff needs to be uh, explained. I want to know what's going on with that. So so anyway, join us next time for basically part two of the Fluffy trilogy. Hold on. We haven't Uh given this story our uh, gas gun canisters yet. Right. You see how rusty I am? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a little, even the last episode we did didn't have gas gun canisters because it was a top 10. So it's been a while for me. Um, so, yes, uh, so I'm going to let you rate this one first. So I'm going to give it three canisters. You know, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road story. You know, not overly uh, not overly good, but not terribly bad either. Right. No, from all the Darkwing comics I've read, this definitely feels middle-of-the-road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give it the same score you gave it. I think what helps it, is the all those villains in the middle of the story definitely it's a digression but i like the digression yeah uh fluffy's fun i like this is only part one of a longer story which is cool and once you get used to the art it looks good too i I could do without the irises but it's i just think it's really funny how so many of these darkwing comics are just darkwing and launchpad no i know goslin pops up in some of them but it's funny how often it's just the two of them at least this time, Darkwing's treating Launchpad nicely. It's a nice oh. break from some of the recent stuff I've seen. Oh, like uh, Canine Caper and uh, Darkest Night when he was just so mean to him. Yeah. Like just randomly, like kicking, a, like getting rid of him in Darkest Night. Like, no, I'm Darkwing Doug. You're just a lowly assistant. Be gone, Launchpad. <laughs> Although I'm sure that book was written before the series was even like. Out. I'm pretty so, sure. I mean, Thunder Quacker, really? Man, that was a that had to have been a typo, or else the writer didn't know what he was what he was writing. And then again, Taurus Bulba as the head of Fowl, that was pretty bad too. And Darkwing's arch enemy. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm sure Nega Duck and Megavolt are pretty upset about that. And it could have easily been Steelbeak. I don't know why it wasn't. Um, anyway, these comics are just fascinating for that reason alone. You know, not all of them like gel with the show a lot right. of them do their own thing which is neat i'll give it that it still works like even some of the worst darkwing comics are still readable you know um, i've yeah. read some bad like rescue ranger comics like darkwing comics even the weakest ones have something going for them so anyway so that's part one over with we'll catch you next week with part two uh we are the saint canard files a darkwing duck podcast let's see if i can do this we are on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes. Um, 
Facebook, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, uh, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. I think, and guys, if I had not said YouTube, definitely YouTube as well. I apologize that this, the next few episodes, we won't have video to go with it. But that's that's Will's thing. He's got the premium Zoom account. I do not. So I would be unable to do one with video. But that's coming soon. Um, and so, of course, you know, join our communities on Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and Twitter. So we are on all social media platforms. We're out there. Um, Will, do you have anything else you want to say to wrap up or to plug tonight? You mean Stan? Stan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I must really miss Will. <laughs> I'm so I sorry. I think you do. Uh, uh, so anything you want to plug or say before we wrap up, uh, Stan? Well, I'd like to give a shout out to anybody who's ever written a Darkwing Dog comic for uh, Disney. Yep, that's yeah, definitely. Thank you. It keeps the adventures going. It's more to do, more to read. Yep. So um, until next time, uh, everybody have a great night and uh, stay dangerous. Stay dangerous, everybody. Or should I say, stay dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone.